Podcasting legend, Slim, this is Paper Keg 59, and I'm feeling fine. Welcome. Wow. Uh, welcome to the Paper Keg Podcast. Jonesy gets a new title, Show Fluffer. <laughs> uh, we talk about industry news, the comics we're reading, new and old, and we'll do a book club. This week's book club. Commandy, the last boy on earth. Can you clap? And we'll read your letters live to close out the show. To make you guys feel. <clears throat> Have I ever told you about my theory about podcast tale? Tell us again. Uh, I have a theory that. Most people only listen to podcasts to hear their own name. It's like, you know, I, I do. Case in point, this guy out here, Gen Z. It's Let's true. go around the room. You know, you're a new listener, and you're trying us out for the first time. You know, money back guarantee, paperkeg.com. To my right, he is an unpublished writer. By choice. He has a quaff of hair, not unlike most 70s porn stars. I prefer the Don Johnson look. Stop talking. Okay. Uh, you're working on a comic book right now. Can you confirm that you are still working on this comic book right now? Jonesy loves beer. I can confirm that I am still working on this comic book. <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Sounds like the old Canadian fallout happened. No. Welcome back to the show. Jonesy loves beer. Thank you. Thank you for having me here in the bowels of New Jersey where fake ponies roam and beers are had among friends. Uh, also with us tonight, he's been called a podcast bad boy. Family man. Oh. <laughs> uh, he's also a newsman yeah, for the show. I mean, I I just kind of fell into it. You he know. refuses to allow sickly stray cats into his home. That's inappropriate. That's inappropriate. You're bringing that into this podcast world. That's too meta. Dale underscore A, welcome to the show. <laughs> it's uh, good to be here, and uh, thanks, guys, for coming down and... Uh, not feeding the cat outside. Uh, we have inarguably the, the biggest show we've ever had today. Tonight. The morning, whenever you're downloading this to your mobile device. Commandy. Is that how you say it? Commandy, yeah. I think so. I want to say Commandy. Commandy does sound more... I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Tilt my head around. Jack Kirby. You heard of this guy? He's kind of a big deal. Yeah, J.K. That's how he signs all his they letters. They actually call him the King. They call him King. Jack the King Kirby. Kirby. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we'll get into Commandy, the last boy on Earth, in our book club uh, segment. We'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, first, we start off the show. You know, we talk about a hot, hot news topic, hot button we, issues. We stay relevant on this podcast. You know, newsman. What do you got for us? Well, I got a, uh, I think I have a crying son upstairs, but Can't even aside hear from that, mm -hmm. uh, got some new Avengers news. I know you guys have been listening to the podcast strictly to keep on top of the uh, Avengers <laughs> we're the, news uh, as it comes in. We're the official Avengers podcast in Germany. It's been voted yeah, on. So they're listening, I mean, because they want to get the latest and greatest on Avengers news. Sure. Uh, latest and greatest is... Now the number four highest grossing movie globally. Congratulations to Dale. Avengers. Do you ever Thank think you. you'd make it this far, number four? I mean, <clears throat> I never 
I mean, once I took over the news, I knew something was going on, you know, something special. What about Jack Kirby? Is he making any money out of this, Dale? How do you feel about that? I'm going to have to talk to the lawyers. That's really put me in a weird position right there. I Number know I, four. Now I know how Stan Lee felt. Number four. And an, a, a Blu-ray slash DVD slash no. ultraviolet slash oh, download copy release date. Slash brain imprint. What's the date on that release? That is just in on the wire. Really? Let me guess. My newsroom intern handed it to me. Can I guess what it is? You yeah. already know. So I do. I do already know. You're being meta. It's rigged. September 25th, everyone. Mm. Plenty of time for Christmas. Uh, six days after my birthday. It all works out. Not, write not that a down. hint at any, <laughs> at any point. You're not anybody. on Facebook, so this is literally the only time I'll ever get to remember your birthday. Right. So, what's did they actually physically mention ultraviolet in that press release, or did you add that yourself? I added that myself okay. because I know a lot of Sony pictures are doing that instead of the download edition. It's the ultraviolet, you know, that streaming. Just, really? It just made uh, more money than the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie. That's right. That was the highest for the Buena Vista. Of Disney pictures, right? Yes, really? that's correct. That. And uh, Mr. Downey Jr. He's making fifty million off this movie. Did you hear that? What a huge payday! Yeah, that's that's mega. For and that's not only that, he's got a contract for six appearances, Mm -hmm. not six films, six appearances. I mean, I didn't know that. Yeah, what a brilliant! Did you make that up? Because I can't. No, 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 no. I was right about Ruffalo. Now I'm (laughs) right about RDJ, the Crypt Keeper, if you will. Keeper. Yeah, the guy's rolling it. I mean, he made a smart move, and, uh, you know, he, well, it's all thanks to he him. launched all this. Yeah, and, and, and Iron Man is, uh, you know, who could have believed Iron Man would have been so good Maybe you saw it? it could have been with its original actor that was attached to it. Charles Bronson? Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom it, Cruise. no, it was not. Fact. Look up the Wikipedia right now. now. You're taking a page out of my book right now, Slim. <laughs> okay, GeoCitiesTomCruise.net. <laughs> Over there. I'm not saying that it wouldn't have been the greatest movie ever made if Tom Cruise was uh, Iron Man, but I kind of am saying it would have been. Can you even imagine Tom Cruise in a goatee? Of course, I think about Get it all the out time. Of here. He had Although a, he his had a, full beard and last samurai yeah, was pretty on. bitching. I'm sorry. Did we? You can't say that on the podcast. I'm gonna yeah, you can. That isn't that is an actual turn of phrase. Uh, do we have any other new segments? Last one. Do you want to hop into the comic talk? Um, we can do one real quick. Sure. Uh, just to talk about it. Sullivan's Sluggers. Mark Andrew Smith. You hear about this guy? I have heard about this. We did his a uh, book club, at Gladstone's School for w- World Conquerors. One of my favorite books. Uh. He's got a new book up on Kickstarter, and uh, you guys should go check it out. A baseball horror comic. What a combo, because baseball to me is horrifying. So you would, you're would you just going to fit right in. <laughs> I backed it already. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Uh, I put the Phillies game on on the way down to New Jersey, and he totally zoned into his iPhone. I uh, shut myself down. Guy, guy made his goal in four hours. He met his Kickstarter goal. Get out of here. I am stunned. So a lot of people believe, I mean, if you haven't read Gladstones or New Brighton Archaeological Society, yeah. check them out and then check out uh, the uh, Kickstarter. Because Kickstarter's actually kind of bridging the gap and, and, sh- and taking out the middleman of mm-hmm. the, uh, the uh, what is it, the printer, the publisher, yeah, trying the to middleman. Like, it's like the publisher kind of recognizes that you had a good idea in the first place. And right. And then, you know, I like, uh, well, people, people are always saying Kickstarter is a game changer, you know, mm-hmm. wrong. People making cool things is a game changer. Agreed. There and you go. Kickstarter is a, a, a another medium, another way of getting it to the person. Mm-hmm. And I think if it ends ends up on Kickstarter, it's it, Kickstarter's on a high right now. A lot of people recognize it because it's in the media mm-hmm. and uh, it's getting it's a lot of press. TV. So it's now's the strike while the iron's hot. You know, he uh, I backed the not a big hardcover print guy. I only own one hardcover, and it was free gift. Mm-hmm. Um. But I backed the digital version, to, oh, okay. for the so you got a PDF. Love to have, uh, love to have that on Comixology. Yeah, I love. Disclaimer: He works for Comixology. So we, there's one book. Uh, you know, the David Gallagher. He's a big friend of the show. He's love got a book. David Gallagher. Is it? He is has a book. The, the last living boy on Earth. Or something his, like that? Well, the one of the um, what do the, what do you call him? One of the whatchamacallits? backings, goals. What are those things called? Like, I can choose to do this or that for oh, 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. The, uh, is there a word? Prize? I don't no. know. Anyway, well, one of the options is you back this and you get a copy in Comixology. 
Yeah, how cool would that be to, uh, you know, get that instead I of a PDF? I, I prefer mean, that over a PDF because I'm yeah. going to lose a PDF. I will love it in my comics collection. And a, and a PDF is just another app you have to install on your uh, on your yeah, iPad. Yeah, read that in your iBooks. Books. Yeah, and yeah, then forget yeah. about it forever. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I always thought his book Box Thirteen will make a great HBO adaptation, like a great HBO. I should write him a letter. Twenty-eight minute. We're out of time series. right now. Like Entourage, but okay. You know, we're. I just said we're running out of time. That might continue, right? <laughs> You were saying it, but then you gave me the continue eyes. Uh, we talk about books we're reading during the week. You know, we're comic fans. Jonesy thinks of himself as like a podcast celebrity. You know? Guy's a maniac. Uh, what For the podcast, record, I never said that. What's the next podcast you're going to be appearing on? Do you have a date? Uh, no, a I'm not even sure if that's uh, cemented, but I did tell that was a trap. That was breeds for real. love. You just got trapped. That I, that I just trapped myself. <laughs> because uh, we didn't know about that. <laughs> that I would absolutely love to Skype in and, and be I, a guest. I'm not going to lie. You know, we talk about Skype and that I hate it. I hate its stupid, dumb Skype face. But I would enjoy hearing other Paper Keg Prime hosts on uh, guest hosting of the so, shows. Seth, hit me up. You got my deets. We'll set it up. Actually, if you if you guys don't listen to the ancillary characters podcast, they do a good job with the Skype. It's not very like they're not, I don't think they're on Skype, are they? No, no they're together. They're, they're local. Yeah, no, Ohio. Yeah, isn't they're, Paul I think in, they like, look at each other. Virginia. Yeah, they're definitely not on Skype. There was an episode. I think there was like a fan in the room, so probably three off. Well, maybe that was it. You know, no, I thought they were no. doing like some kind of video Skype. Whoa! I love to plug them though. What a great show. Oh, maybe they do. I don't know. Video skip. Well, our, we're getting way sidetracked by yeah. Jonesy, of course. <laughs> Thanks, Jonesy. I did not derail the segment. I did uh, not derail it. Comic talk. You know, who wants to start it off? I'll start it off. Whoa, okay. Uh, book I read this week. Maybe you didn't read. It's from a little publisher called Top Cow. I've heard of Bottom Cow. God bless you. <laughs> what? What? This is, I think this could be the very first comic I've ever read from Top Cow. Never read Witchblade. Nobody does. Love those covers, though. The Darkness. Right. You ever heard of that guy? That's about, a, a Ripclaw. Is he, is he Top Cow? You're just making I have up. heard of Bottom Cow. We heard it the first time. <laughs> How about Sharp <laughs> Knives and Blue Blades? Uh, hardcore. You know who wrote this? Robert Bobby Kirkman. Really? Bobby K? Brian Steelfreeze on art. Uh, it's a book about... <laughs> I'm gonna make up my own name when I go public too. It's a like I, when I first saw this in the app, I was like, "What is happening? Why is Bobby Kirkman doing a book for Top Cow?" Turns out, let me let me talk a little about the story. Uh, it's a it's about this guy, you know, this team can implant something in your brain. It's called a hardcore. So they put that in you. So let's say I'm this <laughs> I'm this guy. I'm floating around in this water tube with some like Weapon X stuff attached to my head. Once that thing enables in your in the base of your skull, I'm you for 72 hours. I take over your body. Get out of here. No, I'm not going to get out yet. Well, so I, I take over your body for 72 hours. You're in the water tube. I'm in the water tube I'm floating around tube. like Weapon X. You're yourself. You kind of just shut off for 72 hours. Meanwhile, I'm Dale underscore A, podcast bad boy. Well, kicking stray cats out of the house. Welcome to living. So once the 72 hours is up, they got to pull the plug. Once my team pulls the plug, I wake up in the water tube, Weapon X, you know, I'm a, I'm a BA. If they don't pull the plug, could die. Could be a vegetable. So this book opens up where you're seeing this dude being uh, doing some crazy things because the Weapon X guy is in the water controlling him. Um... You come to find out the guy who originally set up this this uh, hardcore is out of the picture. So he's a little upset about it. Ooh. So something happens at the end. Spoilers. Not that it really matters. Anyway, I'll get to that. He uh, he kills the team in, uh, outside of the water tube that's helping Weapon X in there. So he's stuck in someone's body with no way out. While Meanwhile, this cuckoo bird dude is sitting there waiting until the 72 hours is up. So either he can detach and uh, get killed, or he can just sit in there and die after 72 hours. So the the thing is, this dude can't get into the tank unless the 72 hours is up, or unless he detaches. So, so at the end, he's like, he's in this dude's body, and he tells this 
chick he was sleeping with. He's like, I've got 72 hours to save my life. And uh, to be continued. You should do the voice for the stop motion comic when it comes out. <laughs> so I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. Bobby Kirkman, you know, taking a break from Image Comics. He's like a CEO over there. So I don't know why he's doing Top Cow. Isn't Top Cow like a division of Image? Did a little Googling. Oh, tell me. This book came out in 2009. It was part of pilot season. When they did like their first issues for MySpace where people I, voted I, on them. I think I remember that. So this is it. There's only one issue. And I'm a yutz. Oh. So much for getting invested in that. Yeah. Nice one. So you'll never, ever find it's out what happening. happened to little Jimmy. No. Googled it. Turned up links to like comicscontinuum.com, whatever the hell happened to that site. There's dead links, you know, interview with Philip. Uh, Cached web pages. <laughs> yeah, to go into the web time machine yeah. to get the <laughs> website to load. So, great book. Never happening again. That is a shame. Wow. Big Do you feel bamboozled? I did feel bamboozled. Like somebody just took a poop on your chest. And I thought it was Probably. Comixology's fault. Disclaimer for Comixology. I thought it was Comixology's fault because the date released for the book was today's date. And at Panooch says uh, he saw that on the store shelf Panooch. this week. So it also came out in print this week. I so maybe it was like MySpace exclusive until maybe now. Maybe it was like a digital quote. MySpace exclusive. Yeah, which is laughable. At it's best. Uh, sad. It's very sad stuff. Wow. I don't really want to talk about it Thank anymore, you for so. regaling us with that terrible story. Uh, the Mitt Romney of comic opinion flip-flops. Jonesy loves beer. What did you read this week? I'm not sure I understood that <laughs> reference. You got to be in the politics and stuff. Uh, don't even you got to look at the news sometimes. Skull Kickers. 14. Oh, beautiful. By my man Jim Zub. Jimmy Z, I like to call him. Poor Jim Zub. You know who always jacks up Jim Zub's name? Who's that? One of those comic websites, Bleeding Cool or somebody. That's why I just call him Jim Zub. They're right? always like Jim That's Jub, Jub, Jub Zub. <laughs> Jim it's Jub. Just Twitter handle. Jim know? Jub actually sounds familiar. I think it's from something. I'm not sure what, though. Jim Jub. Oh, yeah. Jim Jub. So Skull Kickers 14 tells the origin of Baldy's six gun. I don't even know what that is. Tell me about it. it. I don't read Skull Kickers. All right, so Skull Kickers is a fantasy steampunk world, but there are no firearms, except right. for Baldy, the main character. He's just a big brute of a man with a bald head, which is how he got the nickname. Mm -hmm. Has the only six-shooter in existence. Hmm. So the origin tale is, in our world, in our dimension, uh, a kick-a bounty hunter, a gunfighter, it's going through the Old West, tracking down a cult who summons a demon from another dimension. Ooh. And, uh, you know, he he kills all the cult members, but he recognizes the B-attitude of the gunfighter and says, you know, tell me what you want. Tell me about a gift. I'll give you anything you want. And the guy says, give me a gun that I can never jams. Can kill anything I shoot with it. I never have to reload. A la the uh, Santa Killers from Preacher. Remember that? Had the same kind of deal. I blocked out that book. So he throws in his six, his six shooter and comes out this golden demon gun. Demon gun. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot. To be continued. Ooh. Excellent, so excellent. So uh, it's not really revealed yet. Not quite how it gets in the Baldy's hands, but you do right. see how it, it started. Is that what the spoiler people are talking about on the internet? <coughs> There's some kind of big spoiler coming in Skull Kickers. Probably. Jonesy. I'll, I'll defer to I Jonesy. Probably, I probably just spoiled it for the entire internet. the issue. <laughs> uh, but I love uh, that they're telling this story because the – and the reason they are is because the funniest issue of the series, it was issue seven or eight, is that the palace guard invades their room where the two main characters are staying for a couple nights. And they see the six-gun on the bed, but they don't know what it is. So a guard proceeds to pick it up and shoot himself in the face with it, right. drops it, and it kills the next guy. And then, you know, something happens for a couple pages, and they go back, and now the whole palace guard is in the hallway, afraid to go into the room because it, everybody picks it up and shoot themselves <laughs> with it. And so... <laughs> They give the guy a spear, and he hits it, but he hits the trigger and shoots himself in the leg. It's it's just a great sequence. So those guys do great work over there, and I'm really interested in Skull They're Kickers doing 15. something cool with their website. They're putting up like one issue, one page of the already out in print books. Is it mm -hmm. a day? 
or a week. If it's every couple of days, I, it might be every three days because it's, I think it's more often than a week. Yeah. But they do, yeah. It's like a reverse webcomic experiment that they're mm-hmm. doing, and he says it's pretty successful. I get a ton of hits to the site. Just put a link to buy after you know on every page. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think it is pretty successful. Do you remember that we're featured on that website? Their website? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dale, uh, I guess tweeted them or wrote them about us talking about the book on the show. And they linked to our podcast where we talked about that in the uh, roundtable really? and uh, gave us some props. He uh, he put on his webpage the direct quote we pulled from our roundtable. And I think it, you know, it, it in context doesn't flow over. So it's like this book is really slamming. Uh, <laughs> but you just read it like that. Like, right. it's like, some Christian, like it's some Christian God website about, you know, the, the new news newsboys of DC talk or whatever. Oh, good memory. I think it's because I was trying to kill the slamming joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're probably like making fun of Mark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's exactly what text, it was. In written text, it just doesn't <laughs> carry over. Dale underscore a, you are a cat lover. I hope, uh, this, I hope this cat's okay for real. You love to partake in scotch late at night by yourself in the basement. What did you read this week? <clears throat> I'm going to tell you what I read. I enjoyed Frankenstein, Alive, Alive. Steve Niles, Bernie Wrightson. Creator-owned. Creator-owned book. Uh, Messiah. Yes, he tweeted something nice about Marvel today, wink, wink. So he, Uh-oh, he, he, prides, pro- he prides himself. He's got he, a project coming up? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, see, I can say think nice things about Marvel sometimes or something. I'm we'll gonna... see. So if he just signed a deal with Marvel. No, I don't think he did. He just tweeted something nice about Marvel. What did he say? That could be three months from now. We got to look back. Set it, someone set an alarm for three months to see if Marvel announces a Steve Niles book. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was uh, just something about, I don't know. All right. They made something look nice. Make a mental note, everybody. Yeah, do that. Uh, Frankenstein Alive Alive is a creator owned book. by. I, it's put out through IDW, though, which did Mystery Society. So he still has some kind of a relationship with these guys. Something fuzzy going but on. But they won't put out Mystery Society. Bernie Wrightson, you know, he uh, he created Swamp Thing with Len Wein back in the day. Mm-hmm. He had done previously a lot of uh, Frankenstein sketches for some sort of adaptation of Mary Shelley's book back in the day. Frankenstein Alive Alive is a beautiful uh, book um, put out, and it is about the Franken- Dr. Frankenstein's monster, which I will refer to as Frankenstein from here on out because... Sure. It's crazy to say Frankenstein's monster. Um, he is currently out of the uh, the being afraid game. He has been created by his creator, Dr. Frankenstein, and he has since tried to commit suicide because he is not one for this world. He should have never been brought into this world. He uh, frightens people. He scares people, and he had killed a few people because of it, you know, because uh, they were attacking him. Stuff like that. So he had tried to commit suicide, but it just wouldn't work. And as you find out, he laid down to die. He tried to drown himself. He got frozen in in water, and and now he's like living in a uh, like a a traveling circus, <laughs> and he's part of the sideshow. And he doesn't look like your, the typical Frankenstein that you hear in the stories with the flat head and the bolts in his neck. He just kind of looks like like a Michael Jackson kind of character with his nose all effed up. Weird. Um. But most of it is a flashback about how he uh, tried to take his own existence away, and he just wouldn't die. And he is tormented currently by Dr. Frankenstein, a figment of the monster's imagination. And um, they have conversations back and forth, so, you know, guy's not all there, but he has things unfinished he wanted to say to the doctor. And Bernie Wrightson does a, a beautiful job. It's a black and white book, but it's very, it's all beautifully shaded. And uh, there's some use of like maybe blues and grays in it. <clears throat> Great book, though. The cover, the, uh, the, the cover stock, I tweeted about it, but IDW's cover stock is like really hardcore kind of paper. And hmm. uh, it's a, it's a great book. I recommend it. Um, you said creator owned, but I wonder what's, uh, creator owned technically about it. Like the story or? Yeah, I think. I think it's got to be the story and the, and the twist about how he doesn't look like Frankenstein. It's got to be that sort of uh, 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 chatter. I mean, it's got to be that sort of now I'm even just more owning the story, I guess. More interested as to why Mystery Society can't 
made again Agreed. with more books since he still has a relationship with him unless this was like a done deal before that. I know. I, I don't... It just saddens me. It saddens all of us. Right? Yeah. We need to get into the lightning round of books. Uh, two sentences or less of a book you read this week. Uh, I guess I will start it off. Crap, I didn't even pick a book. It's the best Don't kind. break the fourth wall. We are going to have a book picked by me. AVX versus number two. I want to talk about it too, but I can't. Okay. Steve McNiven did part one of this issue. I didn't even read part two. Daredevil, issue 13. What a classic way to get Daredevil out of hot water. Guest starring Wolverine. Rebuttal. Fireside rebuttal. Second sentence. You're waiting for the roller coaster to stop. But, buddy, it just doesn't. <laughs> Carney over here, Jonesy goes over here. <laughs> World's finest, number one. Some sort of comic with Power Girl is Supergirl. Robin is Huntress. Earth 2, Earth 1. I don't even effing know what's going on here. <laughs> Can I just say I liked the first half of Versus with Steve McNiven? I just want to make that clear. I liked it. That was apparent in your... Okay. Like, I just didn't have time to read this. Commandy. That one punch, though, right? The one punch cap through? Commandy. The Last Boy on Earth by Jack King Kirby. Commandy. He wrote. He drew. He edited. Didn't ink it, though. Some dude named Moyer edited. Or Ralphie? Ralph Moyer. I don't even know. I just made that up. Oh, that sounds like uh, legitimate. Definitely. You know, back in the day, Jack King Kirby did some stuff for DC. You know? Did something called The New Gods. Never read it myself. But this OMAC, right? Is that OMAC? Something or other. I don't know. It's DC. Who cares? Commandy, the last boy on Earth. Uh... You might have seen the cover, you know, blonde, striking young boy on a boat, Statue of Liberty crumbling behind him. Kind of looks like Sue Storm. <laughs> you <laughs> should have <laughs> saved it for later. <laughs> you, sorry. Sh- you should sorry. have. Even if I emailed, Jonesy emailed us, <laughs> like, as I'm starting to read the story and he makes a comment that Commandy looks like Sue Storm. <laughs> Absolutely. So the whole freaking book, I'm looking at this every page, I'm like, oh, here's Sue Storm. Yeah. Every panel. Sorry. Uh, Z, what's what's going on in this book? You want to give us a little synopsis? So, Commandy Commandy is the last survivor of Command D, a underground bunker where the survivors of humanity after a great natural disaster fled. He is the last living member. He is he, all his knowledge of Earth is uh, from a microfilm library, Beautiful. which he references uh, references almost every day of his life. And he is in this mutated world where animals have taken humans' roles, have divvied up the the earth between them, and are, you know, almost constantly at war with one another. He meets a very varied cast of characters. He um, makes friends with Corvus, or sorry, Canis, a a dog man who becomes his first ally. Then Ben Boxer, who... Another offshoot of humanity who saved themselves by learning how to mutate themselves into these uh, radiation-proof, I want to say, like, titanium men who have, like, gray skin. And the first six issues, uh, the first five are, I think, considered a story arc, but they're very standalone issues. You don't need to read any others to get what's going on. And they just have adventures. Kamadi uh, is uh, in a gladiator style on issue where he has to fight for his life with uh, a uh, 
prints that it's of a tiger clan. And in uh, a very interesting turn of events in issue five, he meets, you know, one of the wild humans who learns from Kamani very quickly named Flower. Mm-hmm. He names her Flower quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you get a sense of feeling by the end of issue five of Kamandi that there's a bright new future for humanity with Kamandi at its lead. Uh, I was trying to make that short because Slim kept look, keep looking at <laughs> her. I was wanting to see if he was going to mention issue six. I did for, not. For poor. They want to spoilers. Kamandi. 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 Well, Kamandi. Com- uh, I don't know. I think it could be Kamandi. The Wikipedia did not have phonetic pronunciations. How about Flower being topless? Loved it. Her flowing long hair. Mm-hmm. Covered her. Covering her, her supple topside. <laughs> what? Supple topside. <laughs> uh, uh, so, th- yeah, this is a like total 60s Jack Kirby book. You know, exclamation points everywhere. Um, it actually didn't feel all that dated when I read it. I don't know why. Did anyone else think it was dated? No, I thought it was very... It, I mean, it was very Jack Kirby in the way it was told and very 80s in the way that you got the recap of what this series was about between the chatter between characters in the first couple of pages. But, which I love, though. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that hasn't gotten old for me. I love when they're like, oh, Bent Boxer, you know, I just happen to be a mutated man that can change into this person. You know, thanks for that sideways explanation. But I felt with the subject matter could still happen. You could still have this book today and it'd be entertaining. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so stuck in the 80s, although I did love the... Was it the 80s? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was 60s. No, this is like 72 or 70. Is it 70? I thought it was the mid-80s. Maybe I'm I wrong. I don't think it can be the 80s. Um, can I get the intern on that? However, I did love it. It was either issue four or five where the first page um, Commandy is reading an Etrigan book. Oh, called, yeah, called yeah, the yeah. demon and Jack Kirby's like, let's go get, <laughs> yeah. let's go get more of these comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was real. I mean, I, I laughed out loud at that. The uh, the I twittered it, but the second page of issue one is that awesome Statue of Liberty spread. Yeah, very gorgeous, very, and, and also um, another panel that really blew my mind is when they get the submarine in the one issue, mm-hmm. and they go through an underwater New York and he draws all the um, what do you call it landmarks buildings you know the demolished George Washington Bridge is out there and they kind of like zip through it it's great there's a scene where the is it the the tigers are in like the abandoned air force or like the decrepit air force base and that's where they have like their battles like gladiator yeah that was good looking too tigers and gorillas everything about I mean every panel and every page of this book was so incredibly detailed. I, I just couldn't comprehend the amount of work that Jack Kirby was doing. This plus his other books at the time. He was mm-hmm. doing like four or five books for DC at the time. I mean, every panel is just gorgeous. Like, there's so much detail in each and every panel of the book. It's, I, I, I just, I'm, yeah. And, and, and as much writing there is, I mean, this, you're looking at a good 25, 30 minutes for each book because there's just so much quantity of, you know, words and stuff. And that's, that's not a bad thing, but it's just a lot, a lot to read. And, and it's like 22 pages or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I thought it was so well paced that the issues read quickly, but I feel like you didn't zone out. You didn't lose anything while you're reading it. Like I always was ready for the next issue by the time I was done. I think I read the it one sitting, maybe half an hour, forty five minutes. What for six issues? Wow, wow. And, forever. And I and I got to go back and read it again because I read it way early. I read it again yesterday, and I just as much fun mm-hmm. the second read through as because I figured the second read through I'd just be like, oh yeah, let me make up a note about that. But I found myself back in it, yeah, and having fun again. I mean, it's it's just a, a testament to Kirby's skill mm-hmm. that he can just draw you in and you're so entertained that you're not taking yourself out of the story for any reason i mean I, and i just uh, i love the the uh, premise it's very you know planet of the apes kind of thing where you know the one intelligent human is marveled at and he's going to you know he's going to become invaluable to whoever holds him he's going to go for a lot of money people are always trying to animal people are always trying to capture him when does uh, planet of the apes come out 
the first movie. I think it was like 68 or yeah. something like that. 60, 66. Hmm. Um, but this is, you know, all kinds of different races of animals have, have risen up. And, uh, I, I mean, I just enjoyed the crap out of this book. And every book, like you said, was it was self-contained. I mean, at the end of an issue that there may have been spillover into the next story, there'd be a little paragraph saying, uh, stay tuned next week for whatever, whatever. Um, and uh, th- I think the reason why all the books felt very, like, wholesome and th- and girthy was because there was, like, three or four chapters in each book. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring It was up. broken into, each single issue is broken into a chapters of several pages. Why can't more comics be, like, a s- single issue you could just read one and get through? I don't understand. I mean, uh, I, I have to admit that I've noticed a lot, at least with Marvel now, doing they're doing a lot more... Kind of like a single issue renaissance. I mean, with, oh, yeah? with I, I think I think so. Yeah, I think you're lying to me. Uh, I may be, but maybe it's just the <laughs> titles that I I tend to now, the, find uh, myself the, reading. The way it was broken up into chapters is really cool. And I, the first time I like really noticed it, I tried to see if it was all eight page increments mm-hmm. because I I liked what Transformers IDW are doing with Autocracy, and those are eight page ninety nine cent chapters. So I was wondering if like. These chapters technically could be split up, but I think mm-hmm. it was only like five-page chapters. Okay. But it reminded me of the old Rocket Man serials that my dad used to watch, uh, like really short. And, you know, there's like this obvious cliffhanger at the end of like one episode where Rocket Man literally explodes and dies. And then next, you have to like tune in next time to see what happens to him. And <laughs> it's just like, it's like a totally Scratch. different shot. And he's like not even touched <laughs> at all. Uh, but these chapters reminded me of that era where... It was almost cliffhangerish, and they try to recreate that in the actual book, not just at the end of each issue, which was cool. But yeah, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed the the issues. Ninety nine cents a pop, Comicsology. Yeah, if you guys don't have any access, I mean, if you if your LCS doesn't have it, Comicsology has these beautiful. Nine, they're ninety nine cents a piece, and they're like all recolored, mm-hmm. super super gorgeous. Yeah, they looked phenomenal. Yeah, I <laughs> wonder if there's like a um, recent release for that. Commandi like store that DC like recently put out like like a big hardcover because these are like yeah. really nice looking they remind me of Marvel masterpieces you know like yeah. the original X Men run where they're kind of like recolored and gorgeous looking mm-hmm. and for ninety nine cents and that's a regular price and they have twenty issues there I think I might go back and buy the rest only because why not those are candy X Men ones and Spider Man are ninety nine cents and the Marvels are like a buck ninety nine and those are from the sixties get out see they're crazy yeah that's how you do it. Um, yeah, so get it. I mean, get them. The one, what, what else? The, uh, <laughs> the one thing I wrote down that made me chuckle was where they had the battering rams, like when they said rams away, and they were like heads of rams. <laughs> but I still didn't get it because they're animals. They didn't so evolve. It's, like, I it's guess. like us, like using like human head statues as like battering rams. Yeah. Still, it just didn't make any sense to me. What a uh, one panel. Um, that I love is in the Tiger Gladiator sequence. You know, um, Kamandi doesn't trust these animals yet, and the tiger, uh, you know, just sees Kamandi as like a nuisance. And there's one throwaway line that I like every read like four times. I laughed out loud is they're escaping from the uh, gladiator, uh, what are they, the gorillas they're fighting, set up a gladiator fight, and Kamandi and the tiger are creeping past them. And uh, Kamani's like, yeah, you won't get me to do your explaining. We're parting company as soon as I get out of here. And the Tiger's like, how far do you think you'll get if I crack your skull? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I love those little, like, one-off lines he, th- he puts in there. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I, I did notice about the uh, all the characters. They don't really have any sort of personality that and stick with it. Like, especially the interaction between that Tiger Prince and Commandy. They were both, like best friends and then they were just like didn't want anything to do with each other <laughs> then they were friends and then they want anything to do with each other like yeah. they just didn't stick to any sort of uh like commandy didn't have a a sort of uh the same kind of point of view or uh, uh what am i trying to say the personality mm-hmm. through the, and none of the characters did it they were kind of flip floppy around and uh, it's uh, it, the only reason it um i noticed the difference is because next week's uh book club which we get into, I I noticed the exact opposite. So, um, spoiler, Terry Moore's echo. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, and I thought it was really cool. I, what I really thought was cool, the uh, the lions, the lion tribe. Oh, yeah. And how they were, like, trying to preserve all the humans were oh, put on, like, yeah, a, a nature yeah, preserve. Yeah. And uh, they they set up, like, these houses with working appliances and stuff. And Commandy figured out that it was, like, a zoo, a living zoo where humans could <laughs> could live. And Commandy's like, I can see myself setting up here with flour <laughs> and topless. She just walk around with yeah, that shirt was a on. Yeah, that was a great issue. Yeah, yeah. Was, I, was that two, the last two issues or just yeah. the one? No, I think, well, it no, it was the last two. The last. And then, um, so, yeah, like, like Jenzy alluded to before, he, like, settles down with topless flower supple topside <laughs> in this uh like zoo and yeah there's these there are poachers out there yeah like, like animal puma. yeah animal like poachers. poachers so while the lions wanted to preserve them these poachers like got wind of or like were on the trail and they ended up killing a uh, flower pretty sad yeah it and was then, but commandi gets over it pretty quick oh yeah. i didn't read that far i thought wait Issue, which, did I forget? Issue, issue six. He seems to like recover in just a panel. Though. Yeah, he's like, oh, rest here, my love. Yeah. What do we do now? You guys want to go? Same with his grandfather too. He grew up all his life with his grandfather. You know? Oh yeah, and he just leaves his corpse there, he's like, like under peace pop up. <laughs> the, the um the the, the high last, five to skeletal hand. The <laughs> the last uh, line from the lion in where they where he's like holding flower where he, they, it's like this very poignant. But absurd scene where the lion is like, uh, it's so sad that he has feelings for this flower, and you know it's it's almost kind of, you know it's almost kind of inspiring for an animal. Like <laughs> like he says this about like Kamandi that he almost like realizes yeah. the moment is important, but that he still realizes. It's like that for he's, us when we see like two dogs sit down next to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kamandi, great, loved it. Great, great. Feel book. like you could give it to kids. Not Except like very young children, but flower. Dying. Maybe I can oh. edit out all the flower scenes where she's just not wearing a shirt. One thing I did notice is that Draw a little bikini every time Commandy picked up a gun, it was non-lethal. It would just yeah. like knock. It would knock out the gorilla. He would be have mortally wounded, but he got he'd be kidnapped. Okay. It felt like thirty times yeah. while I was reading. And, and, and the, he just stri- like how far is he going away from his friend Ben Boxer? Like every story, he's like. Getting miles away, and they're supposed to be sticking together, but he's just five miles away from Ben Boxer. And Even when Ren- the Ben Renzi. Boxer summons the airship, he he's never around when you need him. Yeah, the, he it's can like, fly. Mandy, what are you doing? Yeah, pal? that issue started off. I think it was issue two where he was like kidnapped right off the bat. I was like, what the f happened to Ben Boxer? Or issue three he was like, what happened to Ben Boxer? And then like ten pages in, they finally show Ben. He's like, I knew I shouldn't have let him scout too <laughs> right. far away. Yeah, scout. Okay, like, oh, that's what happened. Yeah. Stupid Ben Boxer, nuclear Stick, man. So much for sticking together in these times of peril. Yeah, really. <laughs> ben Boxer has then, an, uh, like an atom bomb for a heart, and uh, he was don't press that button. He was literally almost murdered like twelve times, and he <laughs> right. still goes off on his own, just like yeah. not a care in the world. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, it's 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 all part of the fun, though. Really, it's it's really great. Loved it. I think uh, Craig and Philly was worried. Yeah, he was. He yeah. allegedly suggested it. Yeah, I think we ch- I think we chatted about it at Ulysses Pub, Ulysses, and, uh, and Free Comic Book Day, and uh, what he was worried we'd hate it. Yeah, he was because especially yeah. after the Savage Dragon debacle. Come on, do you get it? Ninety nine cents in the app. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Rest in peace. Uh, letters at papercake.com. Love you, Mark. You know, we get letters, and we'll read them. We sure do, and speak of the savage devil himself. Mm-hmm. Craig in Philly, at Craig in Philly on Twitter. Uh, first off, papercake57 was most definitely in the win column. I was literally laughing out loud at the Christian Bale impressions and Robin Williams references. <laughs> and add in the exceptional trolling on each other, and this was one of your best. Second, I want to apologize to superfan Beth Corto for trolling her in my last letter. <laughs> she was extremely nice when I met her at Free Comic Book Day. I've now had a change of fart. I say get rid of Mark and Jonesy and bring on Beth full time. Wait, wait, wait. Why, do, why get rid of me? 
at least she bothered to show up at Free Comic Book Day and help promote the show. That's uh, there's that your answer. That's right that. okay. that right. a fact. Lastly, the get together after Free Comic Book Day with Slim Dale, Beth, Don Garvey, Mike Connolly, and the other Paper Keg fans was great. I had an awesome time talking comics and drinking beers with everyone. You guys need to organize more Paper Keg events like that. Maybe Mark and Jones, you could even show up. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> think about it. Keep up the good work, guys. P.S. How awesome was it that Mike Santi came all the way down from Canada? That's catcher. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have said his last name. Oh no, he's that's he's, uh, he's out stalked. there. He's out there. Yeah, we were we talked about setting up another, just like a random small, yeah. uh, bar gathering before you guys pop kids out. You know, and then all hell breaks loose and the show ends. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Slim, <laughs> kidding, oh kidding. He's not kidding. He's not kidding. I mean, we'll record once a month. We'll make it happen. Uh, yeah, we 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 put feelers out in the Facebook, you know, in the twitters. You know, we'll probably pick a bar someplace yeah, for absolutely. a few hours. You know, we'll high five each other, eat some wings, and then go home. Yeah, we used to have a what's that place down the city we did before that I really liked? Dollar Pepsi, Sugar Mamas, Sugar Sugar Moms, Sugar Pops, Sugar Pops, Sugar Moms, Pop Moms. You That's don't it. even I I don't even think you remember that place, Jonesy. <laughs> no, I, well, I, I was another state of mind. Is that when I first I met up. you in person, Dale? At Sugar Moms. Yeah, that was for the old. Nerd. One, no, the first time was at North Third during the. Charlie Ripper. Uh, oh, the ch- wow! Yeah, that was a long time ago. Memories, huh? So that might have been the second time. Sugar Moms. Sugar Moms is a nice little basement hip hipster bar. Oh yeah, they got dollar paps. Just couches, paps, dollar paps, Maybe pounders. Should, you think that'd be too oh, far for man. the uh, for everybody? No, no it's probably no. central, more centralized it's than anything. Yeah, definitely. Then Stay Wellington. tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, funny anecdote. Remember, yeah. I made fun of that guy I thought was your brother. <laughs> Turns out it wasn't him. <laughs> you just started like randomly insulting somebody because you thought it was my I brother. I thought it was your brother, and the guy got all bent out of shape. Wasn't he wearing like a V-neck or something? Yeah, and I, said, of I said, hey, Joe, nice V-neck. Apparently the guy's name was Joe because he was like, me? And then he got all mad. And Joe, then, I love you. And, the, and I was like, Joe, why are you mad? And it was Sugar Moms. What were the chances you find somebody with a V-neck that you decided <laughs> yeah, to make yeah. fun of? Yeah, exactly. But I swear to God, look, is your doppelganger for your brother. Brother ganger. <laughs> Uh, stay oh, tuned. Next one up, Seth, our boy Seth Breedlove on the Ancillary Characters Podcast. Dear Steam hosts of Paper Keg, I'm sitting here at work and naturally I started thinking about Marvel and their digital initiative, particularly Infinite. Do you guys think the Infinite format will ever be one that we see Marvel or really any comics publisher using on a month-to-month basis or even week-to-week? I get that right now they're just kind of testing the waters, but I wonder if it's economically feasible enough for them to publish a regular title or two under the format. I really dig it, dig it, really dig it compared to other digital-only titles such as Smallville, which, while obviously created to be read on a tablet or iPhone, feels really static and looks really horrible. That's that's my <laughs> and has the most <laughs> terrible story on the planet. I'd even see a future for Infinite where Marvel could publish some of their ancillary titles. Ancillary, see? Ah, uh, look at that guy. Guys, guys, guys constantly secret, thinking marketing plug. Ancillary titles under and for GoPrint altogether and gain big followings for books that otherwise could be overlooked. I'll stop now before this turns into a long diatribe. Thanks again for keeping me entertained here in my little cubicle world. I think they did announce a regular Marvel Infinite title, did they not? No. There's rumors. That's why I said, did they not? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you dummy. There's rumors, according to Bleeding Cool, that there might be another one. You know, I'm not at liberty to say otherwise. It's because you know. I wouldn't be. I absolutely wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they. I think with the success of Infinite, um, they're definitely going to explore it, even if they end up losing money on it initially. Right. I mean, you have to realize too. These are um, like books like Smallville. They do digital first, um, but they still have the opportunity to make print money. Yeah, you know, because the, they're chopped up, but they they'll release them as a as a print book. Whereas in Infinite, you know, obviously digital only. Right. I mean, Mark Wade is the one who's really experimenting with it with his uh, thrill in, bent. What's a what's insufferable? Is that what the book's called? His yeah. Web book, web comic. Um, like he's doing the experimenting for Marvel at this point, but he's also you know doing the Infinite. I hope I hope we see more. I'd love to see more. You know, so I told you like my wife enjoyed Infinite. I mean, it's an absolute. It's a. It's a wonder to see. I mean, it really is, and it's a. And it just breaks open the storytelling format in such a different way mm-hmm. that once a creators kind of possess the knowledge and the can wrap their heads around how to tell a story with it, I don't see any doubt in my mind that 
publishers will start going exclusive with some sort of title sure like that i mean why not and it might be might not be cost effective at first but just do it anyway mm-hmm. i mean yeah, you know i i watched um or rather attempted to watch the astonishing x-men motion comic that's on netflix and it feels disjointed and it feels organic but i felt like with one reading marvel the infinite it just feels like a natural progression. Did you say disjointed and organic? Disjointed and not organic. Oh, okay. God, yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember they trumped Cassidy's involvement in that project. Like he did like extra animation or drawings to like make it work for the thing. What were having that guy, huh? John Cassidy. I was just I just heard his name the other day too. Or did some cover that he. Yeah, because he's now the barista at your uh, your local Starbucks. I wonder what. There's other title, other artists that are like becoming. Brian Hitch kind of is a John Cassidy-ish, but he still does a monthly book. That he just shows up on covers everywhere. Yeah, I, yeah, I know what you mean. But who's the other, like J.G. Jones? He was he was doing. Um, yeah, him was the other guy that does covers. At, not Adam Hughes, the other guy, Dan, Dave, Dave Stewart, Dave something. I don't know. I know what you mean. Yeah, there's there's goes. I mean, they do yeah, it I mean, too. good for them. But yeah, you know, maybe when Bendis relaunches X Men. There you go. You know, me and that Seth Reed's love is talking about some ideas. Yeah, you know? I, I liked your guys' ideas. I think Marvel's listening, folks. <laughs> Stay tuned. Marvel. Is that our, is that our last episode, letter for this episode? We got another short one. It's kind of short, do short, 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 one. short one. I was just curious if this is from Steve McCann. I was just curious if you each had one or two books that stood out from this year's Free Comic Book Day. I was really impressed with Archaea's hardcover and also Atomic Robo. These are great examples of giving potential new comic readers a taste of something other than capes and tights. Keep up the great work, and it's nice that Farrington is back on a quasi-regular basis. (laughs) (laughs) How Uh, ironic your letter is is right tonight. Steve M. Uh, The only book I got to read was the Archaea hardcover you lent to me, Dale, and it was very... No, and I read uh, Spider-Man Season 1. So uh, I thought the Archaea Hardcover was a great marketing tool to get your title out there. And uh, I love Mouse Guard. Yeah. And I feel like you could, it, since it was kind of like digest size, like it, it could be something you sat down at night to read your kid before they went to bed. And how great is that to have on Free Comic Book Day? Mm-hmm. And you know a lot of kids got that hardcover and are probably begging, you know, begging their parents every night, you know, reading the mouse guard, reading the mouse guard. That's a home run in my opinion. The mouse guard was such a cute story too, and and the uh, the rust rust was great. I I can't. I'd love to read that whole thing. And a cowboy, they had a little excerpt of cowboy in there. Um, the free co- the Archaea hardcover was uh, spectacular. I think it went it was a big hit. It's go- it was going on eBay for like thirteen bucks at oh. some point. Um, they just, it was going to be a news item for one of these shows, but, uh, Archaea has committed to do a hardcover for every free comic book day now because they've seen such a boost in sales of their hardcover books as a result. Nice. That, uh, you know, why not? It's, you know, it's going to pay off in the long run anyway. Atomic Robo was great too. The, uh, Atomic Robo and, uh, Dr. Dinosaur team up. I love Dr. And, Dinosaur. Uh, Dr. Dinosaur. I, I tweeted about it because Scott Wagner, um, Dr. Dinosaur had, like, these lab gloves on, but he still has, like, Velociraptor <laughs> fingers. So the lab gloves, little fingers are just, like, shooting off of the uh, <laughs> the glove. It was absolutely the funniest thing I've probably ever seen in my whole entire life. Yeah, that sometimes you just had that great, like, afterthought character that mm-hmm. just gets such traction, and then you get yeah. to see more. I love Dr. Dinosaur. I haven't even read an issue of Free Comic Book Day yet. Having a time. You're a busy man. I mean, nobody faults you. My son read SpongeBob. Grayson read, uh, uh, what you call it? Yo Gabba Gabba. Ugh. That one. That's not bad. I don't know why I'm so disturbed by that show, but I am. Because you hate kids. (laughs) What a show. Well, and on that note, that I'm a kid hater and an awful human being. So says Dale. The shoe fits. Did you hear that exhale? (laughs) (laughs) Gobo loves beer. (laughs) Next week, Gobo and I are the same person. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. You know, maybe we'll do the announcement in the fireside. Yeah, stick around. If you know what the fireside is, I I think we just spoiled our fireside. Whoopsie! You're supposed to find that as an Easter egg. (laughs) Uh, What a show! What, What column does that get put in, Jonesy? Uh, if there were a column between the wing column and the super wing column, 
this would break through that barrier into the Super One Cup. Look at that. I like you. The big buildup. Letters at papercake.com. You know, maybe our missing host will be back next week. I'll see everybody next week. Stay for the show. So you had a lightning rebuttal for me about Wolverine's guest appearance in Daredevil? Yeah, how did I not hear about this? I don't understand why it slipped under my radar. Because it's a huge spoiler that I didn't really quite <laughs> give away. It I'm is, not going to read it. I'm but I, I didn't tell you in what capacity he was there. This you, is Chris Somney on art? Yes. And I think it's Koi Fam on 13. No, no, Koi Fam. You're right. Oh, never mind. I thought it was Chris Somney drawing uh, Wolverine. No, Koi Fam took over after the point one issue, I believe. Was, was there something else I wanted to rebuttal? I don't remember. Uh, do you subscribe to the All Wolverine All the Time newsletter? Like, why are you mad the news, that you... the all new Wolverine newsletter called my brain? So that's but why are you upset because you I, didn't know? Because I would have read it. Would have wanted to read a Wolverine comic drawn by Chris Somney. Oh, okay. Because as far as I'm aware, that's never been done before. But that All Red, Mike All Red on Daredevil. It's awesome. Ooh. Issue uh, 17. That book has a possibility of turning into some hot ass if they can get like a rotating cast of fantastic talent like that. Yeah. And kind of uh, like what Avenging Spider-Man was supposed to be. That's still possibilities. It still has it's a over chance. For that it book. still has a chance. It's, it's over. It's not over. Slim. It's, it's finished. Zeb Wells will be who back. Just, who drew the last issue? Eminem. Stuart Eminem. Oh, okay. Yeah. The story was kind of poopy, though. Catherine. Really? Zeb yeah. Wells, Wells turned out a poopy no, book? No, no, no. Zeb Wells was off title for That was Stewart's uh, lady friend, Catherine. You Eminem. don't. You don't talk bad about the Zeb Wells on this podcast. Carnage USA. Sorry. Go read it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Why are you going to be that way? <laughs> Listen, he did shed. That's all I care about. <laughs> and that one fantastic issue of Avenging with Cap. Yeah, that was a good issue. Everything else? Yeah. We'll let Dale collect it. So uh, it's too vitriolic. <laughs> so, I thought you were calling me that on that all weekend. My vitriolic tweets. Um, Do you have any uh, cheesy topics you wanted to bring up? No, no, no. I just wanted time? to say that Adamantium Men, one of my favorite runs, was on sale this week. Comicsology. It was. I love that story arc. Uh, that uh, Wolverine issue that I got signed in that run. I bought all those Wolverine issues on sale. Did Did, I? Had you all read uh, Wolverine Weapon X by Jason Aaron before? Never read it. First time? First time. I mean, after you're done reading Adamantium Men. Is that the one where he's in the uh, camp? The concentration camp? That's not the one, is it? No, No, but that is a great issue where he messes with the uh, Because I read that one. Slim let me borrow it. Mm, I think I own like three copies of that. I have one black and white print, one color print, and then I own the digital copy. Wow. Went above and beyond. That is a great issue. The only other book I have that for is the Wolverine BKV Mini. I have like four copy, four print copies of each issue for that and digital. <laughs> oh my goodness! All <laughs> well, they what, did, the all, the variants. They did the three single issues, and then they did three black and white variants with black and white covers. I got the trade, and then I got the digital. And there's a digital trade which I almost bought the you other just day. Just poked me in the eye with your big <laughs> peen eye, your big peener. Can't okay, recommend it. In the eye. Poked me in the eye. Yeah, adamantium peener. <laughs> I don't remember. A lot about Weapon X. The last time I read it was when it first came out. The Wolverine just, Weapon yeah. X. I just saw Jason Aaron attached to it, and as much as I'm loving Jason Aaron right now, just sign me up for both titles. Boom. It's the one where the Roxxon Corporation makes, makes the Wolverine squad of Wolverine clone Isn't, um, types. What's-his-face in that Deathlock? Isn't this where he comes back? He's uh, on the cover of one of the issues. I know that. Yeah, are you, wait, not Deathlock, or do you mean his old Weapon X comrade? Deathlock. Is was, it his was his name Deathlock? He was in like Uncanny X-Force, right. remember? Yeah, he shot acid out of his fingers. What was his name? Classic. No. Um, Omega Red? No. He was in 
the movie as well, and he goes by Deadpool. the same name. No. Wraith. Zero. Yes. Weapon eight, zero. zero. No. no. Now I'm never going to think of it ever again. What's happening here? The whole, I can't wait for the whole internet and Twitter to just puke all over you if you're not remembering. <laughs> and me too, because I don't know what you're talking about. No, it's going to be enough. one person. You didn't like, know who that was? What does he look like? <sighs> do you remember the Wolverine Arden's film? I right? do. Yeah, who was the one that Blob. Sh- will I am th- that shot the cigar out of his mouth because he was Gambit, a mutant sharpshooter. What was his name? Was it Agent Zero? Was there, it the, was was it the a, Asian one? There's an yeah, there was an Agent yeah. Zero in that movie, the Asian guy. But that's whoever not... his real comic book counterpart is, the comic book counterpart for that oh, was. Uh, now I have to look it up. This is just getting a little too nutty. Nord, no. Oh, Maverick. Maverick, that's it exactly. Yeah, Maverick was the one who comes. Nord back. was the one that tipped me off. Maverick, See? not crazy. About you're, the, you're in your first. You want to do uh, a next week's uh, big book club book? Oh, spoil crud! Sure. Ready? Terry Moore's Echo. Mm. Yeah. Stay tuned to get your letters in. If you read it, if you get want to read along with us, get them hot. What time is it? Oh my god, ten nineteen. How long is the episode going for? 15, At 16 one minutes? hour. We need to cut it off yeah, right now. This yeah. needs to be the end. We're getting strict. The end, my only friends. What? Yeah. Yeah. This is the end. We'll see everybody next week. Love you. Maybe. Love you more. Ending the show. Okay. Forever. Life's over. Forever. <laughs>